0: A quick note to our listeners that we will be discussing Easter traditions, and there might be some spoilers relating to baskets and who might be filling those baskets, if you know what I mean. So this would be a great time to pop in your earbuds or pause and listen later, because Ginger and I really don't want to ruin anyone's Easter. Thank you. Are you looking for new and fun ideas for keeping Jesus the center of your Easter celebration this year? Are you getting tired of listening to Ginger and me yakking on about our ideas every week and you'd like to hear from someone else for a change? Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time donation? Whether it's a dollar a month or $20 a month, your support helps us so much to sustain this podcast and keep it on the air. We want to thank an anonymous donor from South Carolina who said this, thank you for your valuable content that's always delivered with grace and a dash of humor. God bless. And we also want to thank Andrew from Texas. Listeners, Y'all have encouraged our hearts so much with your gifts and we just can't thank you enough for your generosity. Your support gives us the means to continue this podcast and we are just so humbled that you choose to do that. If you feel led to partner with us, just go to gingerhubbard.com slash support to donate any amount. If you're a homeschooling mom like me, then you know the excitement of peeling that protective film off a set of curricula complete with brand new lesson plans. But as we all know, A week or so into those plans, life happens. Someone gets sick. Someone leaves their spelling book at the soccer field. Someone gets stuck on a math concept. And suddenly, those lesson plans are completely obsolete. This is one of the many reasons I'm excited to introduce you to the BJU Press Homeschool Hub. When life inevitably happens and our plans change, the Hub calendar makes any necessary assignment adjustments with just a few clicks of a mouse. But that's not all it can do. I can look at the Hub dashboard and quickly see how my kids have progressed through their courses, what assignments they need to finish, and how many lessons they have before each course is completed. There's also a grade book that will track graded assignments and create report cards. My favorite part is that I can keep track of our wonderful BJU press courses as well as any other outside resources so i have one tool that keeps track of everything it's almost like they asked a bunch of homeschoolers hey what's the most stressful part of homeschooling and then they developed an awesome tool to alleviate those issues next i hope they'll get to work on the housekeeping hub to find out more about bju press homeschool hub go to bjupresshomeschool.com and watch the video to learn more again that's bjupresshomeschool.com Well, hey there, listeners. Last Easter, Ginger and I shared some of our favorite Christ-centered traditions. That was episode seven, by the way, if you'd like to go back and listen. So we thought we would switch it up this year and do something different.
1: Yeah, we thought about just re-airing last year's Easter episode where Katie and I shared some of our ideas, but then decided it would be fun to hear about your ideas. And so we are so glad that we did because you guys uh, really sent in some great ones and we're excited to share them.
0: Well, we got so many responses, Ginger, that we can't air them all, but thank you to everyone who responded with your ideas. And keep in mind, while you're listening, please, you do not have to make notes of everything we mention. We'll have Heather, our awesome podcast coordinator, put all the details in the show notes for you.
1: All right, let's get started. Our first listener idea came in from Nicoletta, who wrote this. We try to make Easter as big of a celebration as Christmas for our kids who are five and two years old. We begin with the start of Lent and have a Lent countdown calendar and a Lent family devotional. A tradition in the last two years, thanks to COVID, has been to make a big window mural toward the street with a scene pointing to Jesus's death and resurrection and verses from the Bible to support and explain. We add a countdown to Easter on the window as well. It's how we witness to our neighbors. Nicoletta emailed a picture of her window mural from last year, which I absolutely loved. So as Katie mentioned, we'll be sure to put that photo as well as others that were sent in in our show notes.
0: Listener Amber says this. Hello, I don't have any good ideas myself. I'm sure you do, Amber. Uh, But she says, my cousin chooses a Bible verse theme for her Easter basket gifts for her kids. Then she prints a card with the verse and puts it in the basket with the gifts. Like one year was Grow in Grace and they received gardening tools and seed packets. Another year was the verse about being a new creature in Christ and she ordered them the caterpillars that turn into butterflies. One could also use Fruit of the Spirit. I thought it was a neat idea. Oh man, I love this idea because... It would really give some direction about what to include in a basket if that's what you do with your kids. I was strolling through Target the other day, Ginger, which is shocking, I know. And I could not <laughs> stop laughing about all the things I saw in the Easter section of the store. It's like they took all the same stuff. They mark it at Christmas and just slap a bunny on it. So there's <laughs> Easter Play-Doh, Easter bath bombs, Easter sidewalk chalk, Easter fidget toys. But here's my favorite. Easter unicorn poop. Which is just slime (laughs) pretending to be something it's not. Oh, that is so gross. Yeah. Because slime can't help but ruin every holiday we love. I hate slime. Anyway, I think it's a great idea <laughs> to have a theme and <laughs> pick items based on that
1: theme. That is so much fun. I think so, too. I love the direction that gives parents, like you said, Katie, for, for what to put in the basket. And it's a tangible way to teach our children about the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Another idea came in from Dana in Texas. And I just have to tell you guys that she made sure that we know how to pronounce her name as Dana and not Dana, which I don't know why in the world she do that because we never your anyone's name on the show <laughs> Dana wrote this She said I'm so excited to hear Others ideas about Easter It's my favorite holiday And my husband and I Have felt for many years It should be our biggest Holiday of the year And to that mm. I say Yes ma'am I could not agree with you more Dana actually offered Three awesome ideas The first one she wrote My favorite Easter tradition is to do a Jesus tree advent. We enjoyed it so much, I found a pattern on Etsy and sewed felt ornaments to do for hours every year. They do have printable versions you can get as well. She went on to explain that you don't have to use a tree if you don't want to. She said, we don't pull out a tree or anything. We just use pretty ribbon to display them across a wall in our house. We read a scripture every day and then have the kids find and hang the corresponding ornament. It's a great idea.
0: Yeah, we've never done a Jesus tree or a Jesse tree at Christmas time for that matter, but I've always wanted to do something like that. So after reading her comment, I searched on Etsy and I found some beautiful wooden Jesus tree ornaments that correspond with the Jesus Storybook Bible, which is one of my absolute favorite story Bibles. And I also found an Etsy shop called Do Small Things With Love that had some beautiful felt patterns. I can actually do felting. That's something. That's like my hidden only talent that I have I don't even know what if that it's is
1: felting I mean what, just what sewing mean? felt oh okay. you know I don't, I don't do know. needle it. felting anyway. I can't even sew a button on if a button falls <laughs> off Ronnie has to sew it on
0: <laughs> I can hand stitch things so I do enjoy hand stitching different felt things so I bought two Easter patterns and two Christmas ones on her shop because they're beautiful but Etsy's just full of great homemade items and patterns like this so we'll put links in the show notes uh, to a handful
1: of those Her second idea was one that many of you wrote in about. It was by far the top suggestion that came in, and I just loved how Dana described it. She wrote... We also like to make a resurrection garden to display throughout the season. We use a large terracotta plant saucer to hold the display. We use an extra small terracotta pot to create a tomb. Then we add dirt over the terracotta pot and around the edges and decorate with things like moss and small rocks. We find a large rock to sit beside the tomb and sticks and twine to make crosses. We roll the rock in front of the tomb on Good Friday, and then on Easter morning the stone is rolled away and there's a small piece of folded cloth inside. I love the way this involves the kids and helps them see the events and it's a great conversation starter when guests come over again so many of you wrote in with this fantastic idea and several of you including dana sent in photos of your resurrection garden and i just thought they were all so creative and cool looking So neat, i know so we're gonna actually have heather include everybody's photos that sent in um, for this resurrection garden idea because they were some they look different and so that'll give you uh, guys some ideas for how you can make your own all right one more from dana I'm starting to think Dana needs to start a podcast.
0: Uh, she just has some really good <laughs> she ideas. She does. You hear that, Dana. On it, Dana. That's <laughs> right. You need to start your own. All
1: right. We'll listen if you do. All right. So for this last one, she wrote, I don't know what this is called, but it works so well with what you teach, Ginger, that we will be doing it again this year. Sometime before Easter, we go on a rock hunt in our yard we talk about how heavy our baskets get and how those rocks can be like sin weighting us down. Each rock represents a different sin. Then we sit and name different sins as we go through the rocks and have a really good discussion about Jesus dying for our sins and our need for him to cleanse us. We leave the rocks in the Easter baskets. And on Good Friday, we talk about Jesus's blood covering our sins. We throw a piece of red fabric over the baskets to signify his blood. Then on Easter morning, they have treats and different gifts for for spring in their baskets instead of the rocks. That is such a neat idea. That's cool. There's actually, I, I, I researched a little bit on that and there's actually a really good article about this written by Kashana Lape. She calls it the Easter basket tradition and uh, I like it because she goes into detail as far as conversations that you can have with your children as you implement this idea. Kashana also recommended using a Sharpie to write specific sins on rocks as you talk about them. Uh, we mm. had a few folks who wrote in and said that they like to write the fruits of the Spirit on the rocks or the names of Jesus, which I like, but you know, really, Easter is about Jesus dying for our sins. So that's important for our kids to understand.
0: Those are all great ideas. Thanks for sharing those, Dana. Several of our listeners wrote in and talked about the various ways they fast and feast during this season. Several people mentioned washing their family members' feet, which is a really Mm -hmm. special thing to do. Others mentioned that they do a Seder or typical Jewish Passover meal. We haven't done that per se, but I do want to mention that if you live anywhere in or near Georgia— I highly recommend that you visit the Biblical History Center in LaGrange, Georgia. It's a living museum of life in the ancient world, and they have all sorts, like hundreds of biblical artifacts and replicas. My favorite thing they do is a biblical meal at reclining tables like they had in the first century. And the rooms where they have these meals were modeled after rooms found in both Pompeii and Herculaneum. It's an incredible thing to have a Passover style meal, similar to what Jesus and his disciples would have had at the last supper in rooms like he would have sat in. Reading all those listener ideas about biblical meals made me think that this would be a very special thing to do leading up to Resurrection Sunday. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that's not something all of our listeners can pick up and do every year, but I wanted to put that out there for those who might want to put the Biblical History Center on their someday list. It is a very neat place to visit.
1: Yeah, also, if you're interested in preparing a Seder meal, uh, but aren't sure what symbolic foods to use, you could just Google Seder meal and all sorts of charts and pictures and neat ideas come up. Another listener, Nicole, wrote this. We have the goal of making Easter just as big, if not bigger, than Christmas in our house. Since it's his resurrection that saves us, if he hadn't risen, his birth wouldn't be all that important. It's his resurrection that makes everything before it so much more important. So we have tried to start accumulating lots of decorations for inside and outside the house just like we have for Christmas. That is such a good point, Nicole. The mm. birth of Christ, of course, is important to celebrate, but Easter is a celebration of the very reason he came to this earth, which to, was to die for our sins so that we could have new life in him. In 1 Peter three eighteen, it says, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in body, but made alive in spirit. We should be just as passionate about celebrating his death and resurrection as we are his birth, if not more so. Well, Mary left us a message on Ginger's Facebook page, and I just
0: love her idea. She said this, For my kids' Easter baskets, I always try to get them shoes and tie it into encouraging them in their walk with Jesus, as well as a Christ-centered book that will encourage their faith. I appreciate this idea because I do often struggle to find that balance between not being a holiday stick in the mud, just this smug mm-hmm. person who refuses to purchase a single piece of candy and who loves to argue on Facebook about whether or not we should even be using the word Easter. <laughs> not that's you, just, Katie. No, <laughs> that's just not how I want to approach our family traditions. But I also struggle with this temptation to buy my kids a bunch of junk they don't need in order to celebrate either the birth or the resurrection of Christ. So this isn't only an Easter problem for me, it's also a Christmas problem. So I just appreciate our listeners giving us all of these wonderful ways we can make this season special um, to stand apart, something different with our kids without doing what comes so naturally to me and buying a bunch of junk at Target. Or even worse, looking at someone else's Easter celebrations and thinking, man, they bought way more crap than I did at Target. I am such a better Christian. I'm just kidding. Ginger, uh, give us another idea before I get hate mail from Target.
1: <laughs> <laughs> another idea came in from Cheris, who shared about a tradition that her parents started when she was young. She wrote, my folks always put a cross in their yard with a spotlight on it leading up to Easter. They have a purple sash on it until Easter morning. Growing up, we'd wake up early Easter morning to switch the sash to white. Oh, I love that, Charis. That you know, I've so actually sweet. seen churches do that, but what a great testimony if every Christian home put a cross in their yard every Easter to celebrate and testify to what Jesus has done for us.
0: Absolutely. Ginger, we had several listeners who wrote in with ideas for resurrection rolls or resurrection cookies, where the idea is to bake something that is hollow in the center, like an empty tomb. We'll put links to a few different ones, but my friend Allison from Birmingham told me about a really neat tradition that a friend of hers shared with her. And I really love this one in particular because you bake the cookies the night before Easter and leave them overnight in the oven. You do turn the oven off in case you're worried about that. But Every step of the baking process symbolizes the death and resurrection of Jesus. For example, you put a tablespoon of vinegar in the recipe, and when you do that, you have the children smell the vinegar, and brave kids can taste the vinegar. (laughs) You then read the passage in John 19, where Jesus was offered sour wine while on the cross. So every step of the recipe has corresponding verses and ways for the children to interact. It's just... So special and so beautiful. And when it's time to bake, you put the cookies into a preheated oven. Then you turn the oven off, tape it shut. Each kid gets a piece of tape to tape it shut. And then remove the hollow cookies on Easter morning. I just love that enough to let my kids have cookies for breakfast. I think that's (laughs) the neatest idea. So thanks for sending that to me, Allison. I appreciate that.
1: Oh, these were all such great ideas from listeners. Again, if you missed last year's episode where Katie and I shared some of our favorite ideas and traditions, and uh, on that episode, we also uh, recommended several biblically sound books for children about Easter. That was episode number seven. We do want to mention a brand new Easter book, Hot Off the Press, by Marty Machowski Mm. called Darkest Night, Brightest Day. It's a family devotional for the Easter season. Katie and I are both just huge fans of Marty's books for children Mm -hmm. because they're not only fun and beautifully illustrated, but always always theologically sound. And in my opinion, Marty has really outdone himself with this new one. It's not like any Easter book I've ever seen because it's a two-in-one, upside-down book. Mm -hmm. It's designed to start out with the darkest night side of the book where you read seven stories, one for each day of the week, beginning on Palm Sunday. The first seven stories recount the events of Passion Week and end with the crucifixion and burial of Jesus. Then on Easter morning, you flip the book over to the brightest day side and continue reading seven more stories that recount the appearance of Jesus after the resurrection, uh, his ascension and Pentecost. This book is is just incredible. I love it. Katie, I know you have that book. What, what do you and your kids think about it? I agree with you, Ginger. It is absolutely
0: one of the coolest children's books I've ever seen, and I'm so excited to read it to my kids. I haven't read it to them yet because I'm saving it to begin on Palm Sunday. I want to save it. Mm-hmm. So I've read through the whole thing already, though, and like everything Marty writes, it's brilliant. So our family loves his books, especially his devotion books. We've gotten so much out of those.
1: Yeah, I really wish his books would have been around when my kids were growing up. But I do have them on shelves waiting for grandkids. There and you go. I just don't. I just hope that I don't have to blow off too much dust before that day finally comes. <laughs> so we'll see. No pressure, kids. No pressure. <laughs> now is the part of our
0: show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of me, because I have an Easter-themed quick tip. I make lots of egg salad at my house because we love it, but I cannot be bothered to chop boiled eggs. They drive me crazy. But I saw in a cookbook, actually it was one of Reed Drummond's cookbooks. So this is really a Reed Drummond quick tip, not mine. I can't claim it. Anyway, she put a wire cooling rack, like the kind you would put cookies or cakes on to cool, on top of a bowl. And then she just takes the egg and squeezes it down through the grates in the cooling rack, Hmm. and it falls into the bowl. It makes the most perfect little cubed egg pieces, and it brings me so much joy. (laughs) So now you know what to do with all those leftover Easter eggs, and we definitely will put a link to Rees' recipe. She actually has an Easter leftovers sandwich recipe, but her egg salad portion, uh, her egg salad recipe is within that other recipe.
1: Oh, wow. I really love egg salad, Katie. But like you, I hate chopping up the eggs. So I Mm -hmm. love that you shared this quick tip of hers on here. Uh, But you do have me curious about a recipe for egg salad because I've always just made it like my mama does with salt and pepper and mayonnaise, just plain and simple. And I think it's delicious, but I also think it would be fun to try some different ways. So I will definitely check out that recipe and you'll have to give me yours as well. Yeah, well,
0: she does the whole grain mustard and she puts a splash of vinegar and Worcestershire sauce as well. Oh, okay, um, yeah. It's super good. That sounds good. If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, thank you, listeners, for all the wonderful ideas you sent in for this episode. I can't wait to use these in our own Christ-centered Easter celebrations. Ginger, before you leave us with a final word of encouragement, I just wanted to remind our listeners about two homeschool events that you and I will both be at in May. We'll be speaking at Teach Them Diligently, May 5th through 7th in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. That is one of my absolute favorite events of the year, and TTD has generously offered a discount code to our listeners. Just go to teachthemdiligently.net and use the code Ginger to receive a $30 discount on your ticket price.
1: Yeah, we really appreciate their generosity in that. Mm-hmm. Also, Katie and I will both be speaking in Orlando, Florida with FPEA, that's Florida Parent Educators Association. That event is May 26th through twenty-eight, and at this convention, we are going to do something different. Lord willing, we will be recording a QA and a episode for our podcast in front of a live audience, although we do reserve the right to edit if we say something completely <laughs> stupid, and possibly not even aired <laughs> at all if we say, lots of things stupid. You guys have no idea how much editing goes into these podcasts. The possibility of one or both of us putting our foot in our mouth during a live Q&A is, I would say, quite high. So you certainly don't want to miss that. Either way, we hope to see you there. Well, listeners, we hope you've been encouraged and inspired by these ideas for celebrating a Christ-centered Easter. Whatever traditions you choose for your family, as long as Jesus is the reason you're celebrating and he is being worshiped and praised above all else, then, well, you're doing it right. Mm. Let's thank him right now for the reason we celebrate Easter. Jesus We are forever grateful for your death and resurrection, Lord, that you, the spotless lamb of God, who is holy and righteous and perfect in all of your ways, would choose to suffer and die to make atonement for our sin is the true meaning of love. And it's the reason that we celebrate. No other love compares to your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness demonstrated through your death, burial and resurrection. You are the reason we can approach our father in heaven apart from you. We are not worthy, but you, Lord, you are worthy. Thank you for shedding your blood so that we can be forgiven, and thank you for clothing us in your righteousness. We love you, we worship you, and we praise you for who you are, and it's in your holy name that we pray, amen. Well, thank
0: you, Ginger, and thank you, listeners, for joining us and for sending in your ideas. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you please leave us a rating or a review? This helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash ask and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. Also on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering Ginger's best-selling parenting book, Don't Make Me Count to Three, A Mom's Look at Heart-Oriented Discipline, as well as the six-week study guide at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Katie in a corner. that's K-A-T-Y in a corner. Ginger and I would love to lead a women's event at your church. We offer a one or a two day conference. If your church might be interested in hosting our women's conference or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com and we'll get back to you with more information. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.